So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome back to DTFF, everyone. Uh, happy Tuesday evening if you're joining us live. We are so glad to be here. Uh, I, 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 I'm so excited about this because uh, we, we had planned on doing a totally different episode than this. And my co-host with the most, Jake Trowbridge, said, hey, there's too much with free agency. I feel like we should do this. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, absolutely. Like, why not? So here we are. <laughs> Part That's how all great decisions have ever been made. We, oh, we should do this. Yeah, fuck yeah. Electric Boogaloo uh, is a great, sh- a sh- great in air quotes, movie from the 80s, and there's a lot of breakdancing in it. Uh, that's all you need to know. So much. It's, so yeah, much it, breakdancing, arguably too much breakdancing, and somehow not enough at the same time. It's, it's Exactly. Amazing. It is. It is. I've seen it one time. I want to say one time was plenty, uh, but don't let Here's that discourage you from watching the movie. Here's the test. Can you name a single character from the movie? No. Ah, uh, I thought you would know Turbo, at least. There's a no. guy named Turbo from Breaking to Electric Boogaloo, which is, you know, I mean, chef's kiss all around. Also, It's Always Sunny did an, uh, a spinoff. True. Not spinoff. An homage entitled yes. uh, Charlie McDennis to Electric Boogaloo. So we're just, we're tying it into a lot of things. That's right. That's right. But, uh, Jake, how are you doing this evening? I'm, I, man, I don't know. It, <laughs> I'm, I'm here staring out the window, and it's so goddamn miserably dreary here, and I, and I hate it because, like, two days ago, it was the most beautiful day we've ever had. Well, in like since, months since last summer. Yeah, in like <laughs> months, which is basically forever. And now we're back to this horseshit. So I tried to make the beer tonight a little bit in keeping with the vibe outside. I was mm-hmm. going to go light with the beer initially, and then I was like, ah, we can't. We can't. It's too dreary out. Yeah. So I switched it up. It, you know, it is, but it's not snowing, so that's always a bonus this time of year. Yeah. I mean, what what kind of bullshit area do we live in that we have to look for that kind of silver lining right now? At least it's not snowing. March well, at, 22nd. <laughs> as someone that lived further north than Madison, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. I, I can acutely comment on this and say, at least it's not snowing because that is a thing up further north. They get snow until like freaking June. So, uh, yeah, there's there's always a silver lining here. You should live in the Arctic at that point. It's don't even bother calling it a state. It's just <sighs> stupid. You really should. <laughs> but, but outside of that, I'm fine. And well, I'm cautiously optimistic about this beer. I want to talk about this. We talked about it right before we got on air. Mm-hmm. It looked so good in the store. I went and restocked the beer fridge this weekend. I grabbed this one off the shelf in part because I'm a sucker for a good name. This one's called yes. Al Caporter. If, you, uh, if for, the, for those of you out there that don't understand Al Capone, and it's a porter beer, so Al Caporter. Oh we I'm should just letting it out. En- we should do the entire episode dumbing everything down to that level for people. Uh, don't we always? Okay. So what do we think? What do we think of our <laughs> listeners? But it's a chocolate strawberry porter, which sounded fucking amazing. It's like a dessert in a can at that point. It wasn't until right before we hopped on that I read the side of the can and it calls it a malt beverage. And I got really freaked out because mm-hmm. astute listeners might recall our old beer bets. I was a big fan of making Dustin drink a malt beverage 
that was called Steel Reserve. And it's the worst quote unquote beer in existence. So I was worried this might have touches of that. But spoiler alert, we don't know what the fuck a malt beverage really is. It's like kind of a beer, but it's kind of not a beer. Dustin, you've had a sip. What do you think? Better than Steel it's, Reserve, at least? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I, I think that it, it's kind of a misnomer that it says a malt beverage with natural flavors. I'm going to be honest. Like, it tastes like a it tastes like a beer. It's a porter. It's got the strawberry. It's got the milk to it. Um, it's got that kind of strawberry milky flavor uh, with the chocolates um, for the porter. It's Yeah, it's fine. Can I be honest, though? It's a little flat tasting. This is what we talked about last week with the Mud Puppy mm-hmm. Porter. You don't like porters because they are thin. Yes. This, this is one of those thin mud It is. It, it is. It's, it is a little thin, but I think the strawberry flavor makes up for it. I mean, yeah, there's not a lot of body to it, but um, but it's not like it's just a total flat beer. Like It at least has that strawberry flavor to kind of lift it up a bit and give it a little extra complexity. Um, so it's, it's not bad. I mean, it's not great. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. It's God, fine. the boring. Ah, hate. I either want it to be really good or really bad, so we can at least make fun of how bad it is. But this is neither. Yeah, I mean, Pearl Street Brewing. Uh, they're they're a semi local beer in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and they do some really good beers. This is not one of those really good ones. I'm I'm sorry to say, uh, which makes me sad because I really like their brewery. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've definitely, like I said, I've had worse beers. Uh, you know, as far as you went, Jake, if it refilling your beer fridge, I mean, this isn't a bad one. Not it's a fine. bad. I one. only got four of them, so it's it's fine no matter what. We'll have to get through the rest of them. No, it's not that bad. Um, but dare I say, Dustin, it is better than our drunk trade of the week. I think you do. Mm-hmm. I think so. All right. Well, let's get into it. Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 drunk trade. Of the week. So I guess better than the drunk trade really depends on which side you're looking at this thing from. Mm-hmm. So this week's comes from Twitter at jstern3, who submits this one here for us. All right. Sent away Calvin Ridley. Of course, as we know, Calvin Ridley uh, didn't play for the majority of last year, or I should say mm-hmm. at least the second half of last year, is now suspended for the entirety of the 2022 season. Uh, we're going to talk about his quarterback being on the move and the Falcons being a general wasteland for right now. But sent away Ridley received Jacoby Myers and Jarrett Patterson. That is a running back for the Washington Commanders. If you're not privy to that name, uh, don't worry. You might have to Google that one. So here's the context. After every drink, I was more convinced Ridley doesn't play again. So, Dustin, do you share that perspective? I see both sides of this coin. Uh, I'll be honest, because on one side, it's Calvin Ridley. And he can, I mean, if he comes back or when he comes back, I think he will be in that wide receiver one conversation. Top 12 wide receiver, not one overall. Let's be clear. Sure. sure. Even even with how bad the Falcons are looking to be here in the future. Yeah, he's just that talented. But on the other side, I also see it where it's like, I don't know if he's going to play again, so I might as well get what I can get and just be out from underneath him. Uh, I have a hard time saying which which side I fall on. I'll be honest here. Really? Uh, okay. I mean, only, only, I mean, from a value, just strictly value perspective, yeah, you lost out um, getting Jacoby Myers and Jared Patterson, like from a straight value perspective. However, it depends on your team makeup. If, if, you, if you trade for Calvin Ridley and Jacoby Myers was like your wide receiver four on your team, you can and you can take that chance 
that Calvin Ridley comes back after his year and returns, even if he returns high wide receiver two form, I mean, you're going to win out that if you, if you can weather that storm. But sure. if you can't, I mean, if you're not a person to gamble and you can't, well, then, yeah, you're getting points right away from Jacoby Myers. He should do pretty much what he did this last season. Hopefully he gets a few more touchdowns, so he scores a little bit more, but at least you're getting those points. So, I mean, I see both sides of it. I just, I personally would probably, as gross as it sounds, I'd take the Jacoby Myers side, only uh. because I honestly don't know with, with Calvin Ridley, and I'm not confident that he's actually going to come back. Here's my perspective on this, because I understand it. Yes, if you truly don't think that he's coming back at all, then you're just excited to get some usable mm-hmm. asset on your team. I, I get it. I do. I don't love it, but I get it. And if you're the person who's looking at Calvin Ridley going, when he comes back after next year, he's going to be, you know, 28 and a half years old. He's going to be getting near that 30-year-old cliff drop-off for wide receivers that we talk about. And maybe he won't even really truly get there. Okay, you got something out of it. But to me, it just feels like I'd rather get nothing in hold on for the hope than have to think this is a good return with Jacoby Myers. Because, yeah, he might do what he did last year, which was like wide receiver 30 points per game. And to your point, if he gets more touchdowns, that could bump him up near the wide receiver two range, I guess. I just don't have any belief on the damn Patriots mm-hmm. right now that they will turn him into a useful asset. So it feels gross. I would rather hold Ridley. So, all chance. right. So here's the question. I'm, I'm just going to throw this out here. So say you say we were moving draft picks. What would you mm-hmm. trade? What would be your comfort level for, for throwing out a trade for Calvin Ridley in draft picks? I want to get Calvin on my yeah. team. What am yeah. I sending to the yeah. other What guy? are you sending? Or gal? I am sending away... Or, or say someone offered you Calvin Ridley in a trade and said, here's the picks I'm offering. What what do you think is reasonable? A couple of thirds. Two thirds? A couple of thirds for Calvin Ridley for me trying to get him. But right. I am not getting rid of him for that. Right. So, okay, if you were getting rid of him and trading him away for draft picks, what would you expect in return? I would expect two thirds back, which is why I would keep him because I'm not willing to give him up for two thirds for a couple right. of these dart throws. And that's okay. where we get into this situation. So, like if somebody wants to offload him for that, then great. And you can go hopefully get him. And what do you think fair value just for Jacoby Myers is? Oh boy. It's so hard. He just seems like that. I hate to say nothing wide receiver, but from my perspective, he's just a mediocre receiver. So a third, say a third round. Okay. And I know people probably wouldn't trade him away for that either. So I respect it. Right. So I'm just saying the value is pretty similar for just straight up draft picks. The perceived value from what you could get for him. Sure. Totally. But that's why I would just hold a player like that because you know you're only getting here. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I don't like it. You're no Keanu Reeves. Stop playing devil's advocate. That's a shout out. It sounds like their values are wildly different. When, when in reality, they're not. Sure, yes. I mean, the production, it, yes. there. The, the, the ceiling production, yes, is wildly different. Jacoby mm-hmm. Myers is never going to be a top five wide receiver, which Calvin really right. can be. What I, I get that. But I'm just saying, right. for what, what their current value is right now, considering uh-huh. the situation, they're not that far apart. So that's why that trade is not as gross as sure. it sounds. 
No, I think it's still gross. And it's, no, it's just it's gross. It's I don't gross. like it, but <laughs> I understand it. I understand the risk involved. And when we talk about risky assets, that's bound to happen because mm-hmm. nobody wants to pay a first for Calvin Ridley, nor should they at this point. But right. I'm saying for the person who has him, it is so much more worth it to just keep him for the hope that he comes back, does great things, than to just shove him off for meh. A half of a turkey sub, you know? Right. But but if you're a competing team and you need those points and you can't... You don't need Jacoby Myers if you're a competing team. I'll be honest with you. There is no chance that you need Jacoby Myers. You can find Jacoby Myerses everywhere. Okay, <laughs> so that's, that's why fair. I'm Team Ridley. All right. That's fair. That's fair. I'm just... <sighs> all right. I hate that I, I I hate that I brought up this trade, but you have to bring up this trade because this is the kind of thing that's going down in leagues mm-hmm. right now, you know. Mm-hmm. And it it is gross. <laughs> it is. It, it really is. You know what uh, else is gross, Dustin? I'm I'm paying off another beer bet tonight. Oh, that's I, I not shelved gross. this. Into, well, for one of again, depends on which perspective <laughs> you're looking at it from. Because for one of us, it most certainly is. But before we get into the actual nuts and bolts of free agency part two, electric boogaloo, I got to clear off my slate. I got to walk into this thing clean. Yeah, so, you don't want red on your ledger. That's exactly right. We got one left. You've paid off all of yours at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm left staring into the abyss of this bet that we made, which was that no San Francisco wide receivers would get 100 targets or more. I said that. You said no. You're crazy. Somebody absolutely will. Somebody absolutely did. And do you want to say his name out loud? It, it, it's it's my boy, Debo Samuel. Any chance to talk about Debo Samuel and your belief in him, I mm-hmm. think, is a cause for it. Let's call it a celebration. So I am actually having some homemade apple pie as my shot tonight. Oh, Never had nice. this before. The wife got it from uh, her boss at work, actually, as a gift. So mm. I don't know. It smells great. I was almost going to do Jameson, and she came in at the seventh hour and said, no, you should try this instead. Nice. I think because she wants me to try it before she does, so she knows it's bad. That's fair. <laughs> Either way, Dustin, for Debo Samuel, another great call on him. You are a fantasy football genius and prognosticator. Cheers to you. Thank you. That's not bad. That's good? That's actually not bad. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I had a, a former uh, manager that used to make homemade um, horchata. Ooh, I love oh, horchata. It was so good. That's my jam. It was so good. She'd give it to us at Christmas every year as a Christmas gift. Uh, so delicious. You should, you should get some more of that, and we can well, have it on the she, podcast. She retired, so. I Track her down. Track her down, find her, get some more of that horchata. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hollywood Titan in the chat here, yo, yo, bros. And what up? And what up to you, good sir? All right. Do we want to talk the second part of free agency, which has been more exciting by far? It has been. This has been probably uh, one of the most exciting free agency periods I can remember in like ever. I'll be honest like this, Mm -hmm. especially with the quarterbacks. There's been so much movement this year that it's. It blows my mind. It, it really does. Like It's a full-blown uh, palooza at this uh, point, I think we can qualify it as. I freaking love it. I hope every free agency after this is like this, where it's just like trades are happening and, and people are on yeah. the move in conjunction with free agency. That's the thing. It's like this is all happening within when all these big free agents are supposed to be being signed. And, oh, I love it. I'm so excited. I just I don't even know what to do. So <laughs> There's let's so just get much into action. it. Uh, let's <laughs> just get into it. it. Yeah. So we'll start with the quarterbacks because this is where the big action has actually happened. So we got Deshaun Watson, that saga, finally put to rest, signed with the Cleveland Browns. So 
we are assuming he's probably going to play this season. Uh, I, w- I would think at least part of the season, because uh, apparently um, having 22 allegations against you is less than gambling $1,500 when you're away from the team and not playing anyway. Speaking of Calvin Ridley. So, evidently. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, gambling is more egregious, uh, evidently. So uh, fantasy implications, Jake. Uh, we know Amari Cooper just signed there. Uh, Austin Hooper left. Jarvis is on the way out, it looks like. Uh, no it's OBJ. really Amari, I mean, it's... Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones are kind of the two big assets mm-hmm. there. Unless, of course, we're talking running backs and who knows what their plans are for Kareem Hunt, if they're mm-hmm. going to hang on to him or if they're going to ship him off. And Dearness Johnson, they like him as kind of a secondary option. So there's still a lot in flux with the Browns. And we should know Baker Mayfield is still technically there on their roster. Yes. As other dominoes fall that we're going to talk about here. I would assume he finds a gig somewhere else, but you never can be too sure right. with some of this stuff. So if we're talking Amari Cooper, who's the yeah, biggest let's, let's Let's strictly talk Amari Cooper, because I know when he first signed with Cleveland, everyone's like, oh, kind of a downgrade from Dak. Uh, you know, they're, they're in a run first offense. Baker hasn't really shown that he can support a wide receiver one on his team. But now with Deshaun Watson, bigger arm, better talent. And I think that's undisputable wheels up for Amari it, it's by far an upgrade my concern is are we maybe overstating what the upgrade is because you nailed it it's the offense this is still a predominantly run first defensive minded offense in the scheme of things it's not heavy artillery through the air here so how much does he get to open up I don't think Baker's problem was ever that he's not a good quarterback who could who could support wide receivers, top-end wide receivers, mm-hmm. if you let them throw. But if you don't let your quarterback throw, it doesn't matter too much. Deshaun um, Watson, I think, in terms of like big bombs and that, great. I, I, I'm down with that. If we saw his connection with Wolf Fuller, I mean, in like the eight games that they ended up playing together over those four years that Wolf Fuller was there, he was incredible, and you loved it. You loved every second of it, but it's mm-hmm. not Houston. This is Cleveland. This is a Stefanski thing, and I don't know what to think. Yeah, and I think, if anything, the Will Fuller of that team is going to be uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones as opposed to Amari Cooper. I think Amari will probably be like a mid-range wide receiver, too, when things are all said and done. Yes, Watson is a better quarterback, but as you said, they're a run-first team. Uh, Watson will run the ball if he has to. He's a much more mobile quarterback. Uh, And like I said, deep balls, they're probably going to go to uh, Donovan. So I I, I would say probably mid-range wide receiver, too. I think that's totally fine, totally fair. But if you're drafting him at that level, which you would likely have to coming into redraft season, mm-hmm. I don't know that I could bite that bullet, quite frankly. Because you make an excellent point. If Donovan Peoples-Jones is his Will Fuller, and they're not throwing that much, then you want those high-caliber targets, and you want the guy getting those, which would be DPJ. So all of a sudden, we're talking about a legitimate, a legitimate sleeper option if they don't, you know, throw a bunch of wide receivers there in the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just going to pull up um, some ADP here just to see where Amari Cooper is being drafted. This early in the in the best ball leagues. Obviously, that's where we're in the thick of right now is for best ball. So I would probably take that into consideration here. It's going to be different a little oh, bit. Abso- absolutely. Redraft ADP. Mm-hmm. So we've got... My eyes are not great. 
Where is he? Oh, he's wide, going at wide receiver 15 right now. So about where you're projecting there, mid-range mm-hmm. wide receiver two. At that level, do I want him? I probably don't. No, and if that's where he stays, I'd be out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just to talk to your point about the rushing capability, too, of Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I mean, in his last season with Houston, he put up the old 444 on the ground. So that's a significant improvement over what Baker's going to do. And so if we're talking about running backs now, let's go with the Chubster, old mm-hmm. Nicky Chubbs. Do we have the same level of confidence in him that we did prior to this trade? Does he move up your board at all, more importantly? Um, I think he stays the same. I'll be honest. He doesn't really move for me because um, they're still going to be run first. It's not like he was super involved in the passing game anyway. So I, I think it stays the same. I mean, maybe yeah, Watson could vulture some touchdowns at the goal line, possibly. But uh, overall, I'm not too concerned about uh, the Chubster. Yeah, I do think that people overstate the impact that rushing quarterbacks have to their running backs. It's more likely that instead of taking away a rushing attempt from somebody from the backfield, their rushing ability as a quarterback takes away a pass attempt. So Mm -hmm. it's more likely to hurt the wide receiver than it is to hurt the running back there in that situation, especially in this kind of offense. So, yeah, I mean, Nick Chubb is still it depends on what happens probably with Kareem Hunt, I guess. I still believe Kareem Hunt is is more dangerous to Nick Chubb than Dearness Johnson is. Maybe the Browns don't feel the same, which is more important, of course. But um, I'm really interested here. I want to get into this trifecta of quarterbacks. That's All right. One, I didn't list one of them here because this was a trade that happened last week, and we kind of ignored it. We were we were purists last week. We were only looking at the free agent signings. We True. were talking about them trades. But come back full circle because now we have Matt Ryan who gets shipped from the Falcons to the Colts. Big move. Uh, Carson Wentz had gotten shipped from the Colts to Washington last week. And now Marcus Mariota gets shipped from the Raiders to the Falcons. So we have this whole carousel happening with these three guys. I'm most curious, out of these three, who do you have the most confidence in? Let's say for 2022. Mm -hmm. Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, or Marcus Mariota? I would probably say Matt Ryan. Only because he's going to be behind the best offensive line he's ever had. He's got a great run game. He's got a young stud wide receiver. I have to imagine they're going to bring in another wide receiver, uh, whether it's still via free agency or through the draft. Uh, They have a really good defense. So it's not like he's going to be asked to go out and try to win games every single week. It's going to be come in, hand the ball off the JTT. And if, we need you to win a game. We'll ask you to do that, but that's not going to be the expectation like it was for Atlanta this last season. Well, that's the question. So with Matt Ryan, how drastically do his passing attempts go down? And is that going to be made up for with the efficiency entirely? Matt Ryan is notorious for basically never going below 4,000 yards mm-hmm. in his career. Like it's just because it's exactly what you said. They're relying on him to just do something to keep us in the games or when they inevitably fall out of competition in you know the second half then just start chucking it and so now with the Colts he might not need to do that but are you not super worried about that not really I mean we've seen him perform at a high level for many years I know he's getting a little bit long in the tooth here and you know this might be he might be a one or two year rental here at this point but yeah I still think he can play well. I still think he can be fantasy relevant. I'm not saying he's going to be like a top three quarterback for you this year, but 
I think he could be that low end QB one right at that 12, 13 ish area. And he's probably going to have pretty low draft capital behind him. Like you're going to be able to get him pretty late in your drafts. So what you're saying is he literally is Philip Rivers. Yes. But before Philip Rivers went to the Colts himself. Yes. In terms of where you can expect him and what his value would be. Absolutely. I like that. And I, you know, (laughs) Philip Rivers, Derek Carr. Even Carson Wentz to an extent. Some of these years, these are the value kind of play- Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. for example. Value guys were like, if you just need some consistency, and if you can nail the rest of your draft, you're set with a guy like that at quarterback, and that's fine. If you don't want to risk it for some high upside, Trey mm-hmm. Lance-ish kind of guy, then that's that's fine. Uh, boy. I mean, can it's I- not a sexy pick, but I mean, if you're looking to punt the position until late in your draft to you hit that double-digit rounds, I think that's probably where he's going to be. Yeah, because this is this yeah. isn't going to excite people. They're not going to go and be like, oh, my God, he's well, look at all the weapons around him. He's going to be top five. Like nobody's going to say that. Yeah. So I, I yeah, I, I think that you'll be able to get a good deal on him and he will be hovering right around that low end QB one area. If they add a solid second receiver, I'm so damn in on Matt Ryan, even without it, I can see a world where I'm Mm -hmm. still interested. I agree. I think out of the three, he's the best. Mm -hmm. Marcus Mariota on the Falcons. I'm glad he's getting another opportunity somewhere. Absolutely. And I'm just worried that people are are overstating his rushing ability. Mm -hmm. It's not that he can't, and he certainly can. And compared to Matt Ryan, for example, yes, you're going to get a lot more Mm -hmm. rushing yards out of Marcus Mariota. Like, 13 times more. And that's still going to equate to like 250 rushing yards. Yeah. Yeah. While he can scramble, I mean, he's not Lamar Jackson where he takes off and runs. He he uses it more as a, he's more like the Russell Wilson where, again, Russell, he didn't necessarily take off and run. And that's not what he was looking to do first. He was pass first. He would scramble and run if he had to. That That's basically what Mariota is. Yeah. Yeah. I firmly agree. And are you really going to take snaps away from Cordero Patterson? You know, on no, the as we're going to talk about later. Of course not. <laughs> uh, anything about Carson Wentz? I hate it. I honestly hate it. I hate Carson Wentz too there. I hope that he balls out just because people are being so pissy towards him and like mm-hmm. kind of just downgrading him. I hope he does for that reason, but I don't have much faith. Yeah, it is. It's fine. I mean, I'm sure it'll be a slight upgrade over Heineke there, but it doesn't excite me too much. I mean, we saw what he did this last year in Indianapolis with the weapons he had. He was, was he like QB 12, QB 13? He was right around there uh, at the end of the season. He'll probably end up right around there again this year. Uh, again, which is, really? I, I think so. I mean, they've got a good defense. He's got, there is weapons on that team. Terry okay. McLaurin. Okay. Okay. Here's my okay. Antonio Gibson, compare. JD McKissick. Only Logan two Thomas. of those guys actually get the ball thrown to them, by the way. Logan they Thomas. They refuse to throw to Antonio Gibson. Okay. Logan Thomas so, is healthy. So, someone named Sims. Is <laughs> one of the Simses <laughs> is there. We don't know which one still, but either Cam or Steven is probably still there. Okay, but is it better compare Michael Pittman to Terry McLaurin? Is Terry McLaurin that much of an upgrade? I don't. I wouldn't say he's an upgrade, but this is probably the best quarterback he's played with. Oh, for McLaurin, yes. I don't hate it. I mean, I'm, just, I'm not giving him like a crazy bump up. No, no, but I'm just saying I mean, this is probably rights. the best. This is probably the best quarterback he's played with. So, I mean, we love we love McLaurin's talent, but the you know the negative about him is that he's never had a quarterback to throw him the ball. What if he had a, a capable quarterback? Well, 
could Carson Wentz be that guy that makes him a little bit more fantasy relevant than he's been? Could be. It could be. I'm not 100% guaranteed on that, but I think there's a better chance than not that it happens. Yeah, I'm split on that. I would say it's a straight 50-50 here at this point. I want to believe I'm just too timid for it for fantasy purposes here. But regardless... So you're a low-grade Fox Mulder here. Great. Uh, <laughs> first of all, medium-grade Fox Mulder, I think, I is where I truly reside, and that's just personal opinion. But, okay, so I just met supporting cast, though. I don't know that it's that much of an uptick for me for him moving from... Uh, Indy to worry. I thought he had just about as good a weapons as he will have here in Washington, but we don't we don't have to talk about those three anymore. Do we okay. want to talk about Jameis though? Yeah, he resigns with New Orleans, which is probably the best spot for him since he's been there the last couple of years. Obviously, that injury um, kind of derailed his season, but was he five and two? I think in his starts last year, um, looking. I mean, he was looking pretty good. I know Sean Payton's not there anymore, so that kind of throws a whole question mark into the equation where you knew what you were getting with that offense with Sean Payton there right. now without him there how does the offense change question I don't know uh, but as far as landing spots I mean it's a system he's familiar with he's familiar with all the players he's he's got chemistry you know so I those are things that can't be taken for granted and yeah it's probably the best landing spot he could have I really wanted him to go to Carolina. I actually thought that was his best landing spot from a fantasy perspective. But then again, you know, now you're just bouncing him around team to team to team to team to team. So some consistency, even if it's not coaching staff, probably going to be appreciated. Who knows what the fuck they're doing for pass catchers there, though, Mm because it is still a wasteland. I guess Michael Thomas is coming back and playing. We'll see. We'll see. Yep. Seriously, though, I don't know that I can trust in Michael Thomas to come back and save this thing. But even without him, I mean, he was doing fine enough. He was Mm -hmm. Jameis was on pace for it's not crazy. It's not Matt Ryan numbers here, but it was about thirty two hundred passing yards. He was on pace for thirty seven touchdowns, which is outlandish. So hyper efficient from that perspective. I don't know. They got to add somebody, though. Uh, I don't know who. Maybe MVS will go there. Maybe Marquez Valdez-Scantling will go to the Saints and make beautiful music with Jameis Winston. Maybe. Or maybe he re-signs with the Packers now that Devontae's not there and, and and Aaron has one of his wide receivers back. I don't want that. Let's just stick watch with Randall Cobb. Balls. I just want Randall Cobb <laughs> there to get force-fed uh, and just slog through this year. Uh, All right. Any other thoughts, Jake, on the QBs here? No, we can move No? On. All right. Let's move to the running backs. Um, so, yeah. Rashad Penny resigns with Seattle on a fairly modest deal, a one-year deal. I think it was up to seven and a half million he could earn with incentives. So a decent starter, starting running back. I think good move for him going back to Seattle. It's with the system he knows. I would say this is not great news for Chris Carson. Uh, possibly pour one out for our homie, one of our our favorites here on the podcast. Um, not looking good for him if they if they put that much money towards Rashad Penny, even on a one year kind of prove it deal. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I would expect him since they're paying that much to really force feed him the ball and be the the one A, if anything, of that backfield. So uh, w- that being Maybe. said, where where do you see yourself drafting him or would you draft him come draft season? Knowing he is a starting running back on on a what will probably be a run first team. Here's where I draw the line with that. 
is he a starting running back or is he the better of the backfield committee that's going to end up forming? Because my thought with this, it does come back a little bit to what they do with quarterbacks. So obviously they trade mm-hmm. away Russell Wilson. Drew Locke is the starter for now. We'll see what, how that shakes out. And if somebody else goes there, maybe Baker goes there. Ultimately, mm-hmm. uh, we don't know. But for right now, if you are truly going to rebuild in some way, Pete Carroll doesn't. He says he doesn't want to. He says a lot of things, and almost most of them are not true. So Correct. (laughs) I I would almost err on the side that it is going to be a rebuild. Do Mm -hmm. you want to run your oft-injured running back into the ground, or do you want to split duty there? If you're not going to bring in somebody else, yes, I said duty, but if Rashad Penny (laughs) and Chris Carson are both there, Maybe this is truly going to be a timeshare to try and keep the guys healthy, at least, to just get them through the season. Because otherwise, but, what's the point? But they only signed him to a one-year deal. That, sure. that's, 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 so I'm like, why wouldn't they run him into the ground for the one year they have him? And if he balls out and does well, well, that's great for them. And if he doesn't, well, then they just walk away after the season. I think it's because if he balls out and does well, then they have to invest a lot, invest a lot more in him than they would if he split that backfield and they're hedging it with both Carson and Penny. I don't know. It's all I'm just speculating. I don't mm-hmm. know shit, but hypothetically, if they did that, it would make a lot more sense to me than we run Chris Carr or excuse me, we run Rashad Penny for three games. Boom, he gets fucking hurt. He's out for the year. Well, fuck, you know, now we don't have the opportunity to even bring him back. Plausibly for next year. So then it's DJ Dallas season. It'd be great. Oh God, stop! That's not going to be a thing. Um, I do want to highlight. I mean, it was an insane stretch that Penny had last mm-hmm. year to, to close out the season. It really was. Last like five games, he put up almost 700 yards on the ground. He didn't do much passing wise, receiving wise, but that's fine. He was fucking crushing it on the ground. So. My back to your original question from like an hour ago, where would I draft Rashad Penny? Uh, later than people are going to be doing it, probably he'll fall in that dead zone. I think for running mm-hmm. backs, I say he'll probably be in that like fifth ra- fifth round range. I would guess, but yeah, yeah I, it really depends on how my team looks uh, when I'm drafting. But I will probably be out on him at the price that he's probably going to be at. I'm I'm with you there. You think All right, let's move around for him on Dynasty. Just curious. Yeah. Uh, I would throw a couple of thirds, maybe a, maybe a second if if I felt like I was uh, uh running back short of uh, of really having a solid competing squad or like I needed that one piece I thought maybe to push me over the edge, maybe a second Don't if it was late. Him. He is close to the edge. He's trying to just hedge. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's move on to another running back. Love wow. God. If I could have found the mute button quicker, I would have. Um, yeah, Corderell Patterson resigns with Atlanta. Whatever. I mean, I don't expect him to do what he did this last year. I don't care what the rest of the team does. It's it's going to be a dumpster fire in there at Atlanta, and I'm probably going to stay away from every piece there, with the exception of maybe Kyle Pitts. But even at his ADP, I'll probably be out on him as well. Yeah, it it was it was a lightning bug in a bottle mm-hmm. with uh, Cordero Patterson for only the first half of the season. Let's right. not forget the back half; he wasn't even good or yep. really that useful. So I'm agree. Yep. I'm agreeing there. All right, then Raheem Mostert signs with Miami. I think this is interesting. Uh, going back with or signing with a coach he's familiar with because their head coach came from San Francisco. 
So I think it's going to be a definite split backfield now with, um, oh, my mind's around a blank. You know who it is. It's Chase Edmonds time. It is Chase Edmonds. So I, I feel like it's going to be a 1A, 1B thing where Raheem Mostert will get the first and second down work, and then Chase Edmonds will come in and be the uh, third down specialist catching the ball, pass blocking, those types of things. And, I, and, I, and it's going to be run like a very Shanahan-esque San Francisco backfield. It's very possible. Uh, Angie Spencer in the chat, by the way, says, watch your mouth. I'm pretty sure she was talking about her guy as an Atlanta fan, Cordero Patterson. Sorry, Angie. It's just the way that his cookie Mm -hmm. feels to be crumbling right now. I hope he proves me wrong because that's always an amazing story when that happens, especially for uh, a guy. Can I say of his age at this point? No, of his seasoning. You know, a well-seasoned guy like Cordero Patterson. You love to see that happen for uh, but to get back to Raheem Mostert, yeah, I think this is actually the best signing possible for Chase Edmonds because they're not bringing in a heavy hitter. Yes, right. Familiarity. I get it. I, I, I do. But also Raheem Mostert. We don't talk injury prone on here very often, but dear God. He is Mostert, injured. <laughs> he's stretching that definition as far as it possibly can go. And I still believe that Chase Edmonds is going to get funneled some targets. There. Mm-hmm. He's, I think I said it last week. He's there in Lamar Miller, and and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I think if if you had to pick one of those two running backs to to be on your roster right now, who would you rather have? It's basically the Connor Edmonds argument from this last offseason mm-hmm. in Arizona. And based off that, I would still side with Edmonds here. Same. Same. I want the guy that's going to get the, I, who I think is going to get the majority of the passing work out of the backfield. So yeah, I'm, I'm with Edmonds as well. All right. Um, Duke Johnson signs with Buffalo, whatever. It's not pretending that he's going to do things, you guys. Yeah. Just more of a, a warm body at this point. So no need to go on that. But then big one news today. Uh, Leonard Fournette re-signing with Tampa Bay for three years. It's big. That That's is. big. And did you know that he visited New England mm-hmm. first again for like the fourth year in a row or something outrageous? Of course. And then the the curtain gets pulled back and they say, nope, psych, I'm going back to Tampa Bay. Do you think that Tom Brady put a bug in Leonard Fournette's ear to be like, you know, it'd be really funny. <laughs> you should go interview <laughs> there and fuck with them as much as possible. Make him believe that that's going to be a thing. And then, but secretly, like, come back. Yeah, come back. Come back, hang out. Come back to daddy. That's fine. Yeah. And then yeah. tell me all the secrets that, of course, Tom doesn't know from 16 years of being with Bill. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly how it went down, Jake. Mm-hmm. I, I can just, I can see it all happening. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I think, again, best possible scenario for Leonard Fournette. We know he's going to get fed the ball there yep. you know, with Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn. I mean, that's, it's, you know, status quo from last year, basically. They're trying to Which bring the band amazing. all back together, and we know what it was. And yeah, I will be totally in on Leonard Fournette uh, this next draft season. Yeah, I mean, he was a top six running back this last year. Mm-hmm. Why should we expect anything different? I yep. We shouldn't. I was foolish to write him off as quickly as mm-hmm. I did last year. I won't mm-hmm. be making that mistake. I doubt many people will be, so you'll have to uh, spend up on him. But I don't. That's okay. I don't know. I'll be honest. No? Like I still think he's he's going to be underrated, and people are going to think that's kind of a fluke. It just things happen to work out for him. Well, granted, he got more passes this last year than he traditionally does, but we've also seen that I think it was his last year in Jacksonville where he got a, a hefty number of passes his way too. So we know that 
you know, this isn't just a one year fluke with the passing. We know he's going to get the running work. So, I mean, I will be all in on him. I mean, but I do think you'll be able to get him a little bit cheaper than you're expecting, Jake. You think he'll make it out of the third round this year? Because I'm not so sure. Um, depending on how your draft goes, he he might. He might. Because I'm thinking back to last year, of course, Mm -hmm. it was, is it him or Ronald Jones? And people were drafting them around the exact same spot. I think probably close to the seventh or eighth round Mm -hmm. for the the both of those. I just can't imagine that he falls that far. Maybe he falls out of the third. And at that point, I would, oh, I would slam that draft button. Yeah, I, I I was thinking like maybe fourth. I mean, maybe late third, early fourth, right around there. Yeah, I mean, we're we're not far off in our... I mean, I wouldn't take them maybe in the early third. But again, it kind of depends on how your draft goes and if a lot of running backs went and you drafted, say, wide receivers in the first two rounds. Then having Leonard as your number one RB in the oh. third. Yeah, like, I would be okay with that. Fucking love it. Let's talk about something that we don't like in this next group. <laughs> yeah, so we'll move on to wide receivers. Um <sighs> Our boy no more. Devante uh, said basically, "F you Packers. I refuse to play on the franchise tag." So they just said, "Okay, we'll trade you because we don't want to sign you for a contract." Even though apparently they said that they offered him more money than what the Raiders did, he really just wanted to play with Derek Carr and live in a state that didn't have any sales tax. So give me, uh, give me <laughs> half of a second, Dustin. I have something amazing. Just one second. It's happening. This is only going to be for our YouTube viewers here, but I have some words from Devante (laughs) that he would like to say. He would like to apologize to me and Dustin specifically. Hey, Dustin, Jake, I'm sorry, man. It was just, it was an opportunity to go play with my college quarterback and I had to take the the chance here. And so peace and, and love and respect. And your podcast is amazing, by the way. Oh, wow, Devante, that was incredibly oh, thanks, nice Devante. of you to say. I've been waiting to use that head cutout for so uh, long, and I never thought I'd have to use it like this, though. Yes. Um, so, Devante, next season redraft. Uh, is he still top five? I, w- I want to believe that to be the case, because he's so fucking talented, obviously. But the issue is... He was the target for Aaron Rodgers to a fault. And they were, I mean, they were just mind melded too. Like they had, I mean, they knew each other's move. I mean, yeah, it was, it was insane. So I'm sure there's great rapport there with Derek Carr. Mm -hmm. Again, it's not like they haven't played together, but that's that's a long time ago now as well. It's not like Mm -hmm. that's super recent, their college years. And you have Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, who Mm -hmm. I would argue both are better than any target, uh, maybe outside of the running backs, on the Packers. Correct. So he can't get funneled as many targets. Mm -hmm. So I don't think he's going to be a top three. I think top five is maybe stretching it. But Derek Carr does sling it, so I can't bump him too far down. Right. And with McDaniels, I mean, we don't really know what his offense is going to look like, but We've seen what he did as the offensive coordinator for New England. And, you know, when he had like Randy Moss and they had, you know, they had some big name wide receivers come in there and, you know, with like Edelman and, you know, they, they did funnel to specific wide receivers. So maybe they'll scheme it that way. But we also don't know Josh McDaniels outside of the Patriots organization, really, and how his offense looks. So that could have been more of just a function of Belichick and and his direction with that offense rather than what McDaniels was actually doing. 
So, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see. And I'm really going to wait to hear how training camp goes and kind of what reports come out of training camp. Um, but I, I still think he's going to be top 12, uh, number one, you know, wide receiver. But, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, top five, I think, would really be pushing it. He's kind of this year's Stefan Diggs for me, of mm-hmm. him going over to the Bills. Like that, that's kind of the comparison that I'm drawing here. And, and it's tough because there's so much that we don't know. Right. Okay, and then Allen Robinson. This was a surprise signing, for me at least. I, I did not expect him to sign with this team, and that's the Rams, especially when they had, you know, Robert Woods coming back and they got OBJ on the team. Potentially. Just, OBJ is still working through the contract there. We don't true. know. I'm just, but, I, 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 guess, I guess the assumption was OBJ would be back with the team uh, prior to this signing. So it's like I, I was surprised that they signed him. I mean, good for him that he's playing with a good quarterback in a good offense, right. a good scheme. Right. Like, I mean, it is probably the best situation he could have went into. Uh, they just won the Super Bowl. So, I mean, there's a lot of good things there. He's not going to be asked to necessarily be the, the number one wide receiver, and that's Cooper Cup. So he, he kind of defaults into that number two role uh, for whatever that's worth. Uh, so I think good signing for him. Fantasy-wise, though, I I mean, Cooper Cup is still going to get his, so I don't know really what to expect. I mean, I still low-end wide receiver two, mid-range wide receiver two. Mid-range wide receiver two I'm comfortable with here. I think, and we've talked about it so much, last year with the Bears, he was checked out. He's just oh, yeah. checked out. He's He's just fucking fed up with it and and doesn't want to be there and you can like you can see the defeat in him i still think if we look just one year further back he was still a very high quality receiver Mm -hmm. he now steps into robert woods role basically more or less because robert woods is now off the team which we'll talk about in a second but that opens up a lot because why excuse me robert woods was wide receiver 12 prior to his injury last year even with cooper cup getting those monster targets so there is room for two top 12 guys, as the Rams often do. I mean, if we go back even a little bit further to when Brandon Cooks was still on the team and they were supporting like three top 15 receivers, we might not be there still, but I can't think we're too far away from that, you know, mm-hmm. especially with Matt Stafford. So I think, look, you'd be foolish, obviously, to battle Allen Robinson over Cooper Cup. Like some people, oh, yeah. uh, totally not us, right? We're putting Robert Woods <laughs> over Cooper Cup last year. <laughs> yeah, we definitely did that. Or I did that for sure. Um, we're not talking about that, but I think that there's plenty of room for all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, talking about the former uh, Rams wide receiver, uh, Bobby Trees. Again, one of the podcast favorites here on our, our show. Uh, signs with Tennessee. This hurts my heart because literally hours before it was uh announced that he signed with tennessee i was uh, on twitter uh going back and forth with uh kevin tompkins and um, he was like hey bobby trees to the pack i'm like hell yeah for like a mid-round pick i'd be all over that and then literally like two hours later it news broke that he signed with tennessee i was like why can't i have nice things <laughs> <laughs> but honestly know. Uh, you know for fantasy purposes I'm not a big fan. I mean, he's he's an upgrade over what Julio was last year, assuming he comes back healthy from the ACL. Right. Uh, I know he's aging as a wide receiver, and ACL repairs aren't nearly as big a thing as they used to be. It seems pretty routine now that you can come back, but you know, still you see it takes a year to get fully recovered from that to be back to your pre pre tear speed. 
and AJ Brown is going to be on the number one on that offense. It's still low volume passing offense. So I don't really like it for fantasy purposes, probably for real football. It's going to be a good move uh, and it'll really help Tennessee, but for fantasy, yeah, I'm not a fan at all. And I'm going to have a hard time really placing him come redraft season. Uh, if he's going to be like a low end wide receiver two, a wide receiver three, I mean, which is a far fall from what we were talking about a year ago. Yeah, I mean, when I was looking at him in the third round and thinking like, yeah, I could do that. I could snap him up in the third round and actually feel completely fine about it. There's no chance that I would be willing to take that stab mm-hmm. this year. And if we talk about Julio Jones and what he what he did, I know we have to throw a lot of that out. Right. We do have to consider, of course, the plaguing injury all goddamn year long. But even if you look at the few healthy games that he played, and we're talking about, you know, 10 games basically that he played. Let's say seven of those were truly healthy. He had more than six targets once, which, okay, fine. He had, he had six targets uh, a couple of times and he did nothing with it. He had one game that was more than 60 yards in mm-hmm. all of those starts last year. Again, all things factored in. Can Robert Woods do that? Yeah, he can do better than that if he's healthy. But I ain't real in. I ain't willing to risk it like I would have been if he was still on the Rams. Right. Yeah. And like, I mean, it, for me, it goes back to this is just a low volume passing offense. I don't think it can support two high end wide receivers unless things radically change, which I don't expect it to. You still have Derrick Henry. You've got Ryan Tannehill is Ryan Tannehill. Um, Austin Hooper signed there. So which is another receiving option. So, yeah, I'm just I, I'm not a big fan of it overall, but we shall see. Oh, my God. This is our first year. We might have to be out on Robert Woods and I'm not prepared for it. I know it makes me sad. It makes it makes my heart bone hurt. <laughs> All right. And then kind of what would be aside from uh, Devante, I guess, uh, kind of the big surprise signing for this week is Juju going to KC. And now everyone's all wheels up for uh, Juju and wide receiver two on this team. But what say you, Jake? I say they're probably right to an extent. I don't want everybody to get so hyped up that Juju's on the Chiefs. Look out, man. One, there's, I'm not saying Juju and Tyreek are the same player by any stretch. There's a little bit more overlap there, though, than I'm comfortable with. Like, Juju's not a straight speed guy. He's not just a downfield, like, go get it. Like, Sorry, but in MVS, that's mm-hmm. all you do. You're just going to run these right. deep routes and get the ball. That's not Juju. He does. He splits out wide. He is a big, good, solid slot guy, too. Mm-hmm. Here's my issue with people saying that this can't work because the Chiefs have never had a good wide receiver, two for fantasy. Yeah, but the fucking Chiefs have never had a good wide receiver, two on their actual team. So we can't use that argument. I mean, Sammy Watkins is borderline the best wide receiver, too, that Patrick Mahomes has been throwing to. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry if the Mecole Hardman believers and the Byron Pringle truthers don't want to believe that. But I think that that's probably true. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Juju is leagues above where they would be. I Correct. Mm-hmm. So and he hasn't gotten to play aside or across from another uber talented wide receiver since Antonio Brown. I was going to say you better bring up Antonio Brown. Okay. This is all, all good points, Jake. So just knowing that the team hasn't utilized a wide receiver to traditionally as, as receiving a lot of targets. Sure. Where do these targets come from in this offense? That's already very high powered and they're throwing the ball to Tyreek. They're throwing the ball to Travis Kelsey. 
We saw a little bit out of the backfield this year with uh, Damien Williams, uh, much the chagrin of CEH owners. Uh, where where are all these extra targets going to come from that Juju's going to be producing at a high level? See, I don't think that they are extra targets. So the assumption here would be, you know, Patrick Patrick Mahomes is going to throw more because he has Juju there, or you know, Juju is somehow going to absorb these other targets. Right. And I know and, that my but that but that was kind of my thing. If it's not extra targets, who gets affected on the team then? Is it is it Tyreek? Is it Kelsey? Where, how is he getting his to be a fantasy relevant player? It depends on how they want to use Juju, which we will find out come training camp a little bit more. We'll figure out what their true intentions are for him, if he's going to be more of a slot guy or if they are going to put him on the outside a little bit more. And Mm -hmm. of course, because if he is just playing more over the middle, then you have to be a little bit more concerned for Travis Kelsey. Obviously, as he's getting up there in age two, Mm -hmm. uh, he's turning 30. It doesn't mean that he's going to all of a sudden hit Cliff. No. But if, if, if he gets 30 in conjunction with this guy who's really good in the slot, there has to be something that gives there. So my, if I had to guess right now, Travis Kelsey would be the guy who takes the hit. Targets follow talent. I believe that Peter Howard uh, says this all the time. Mm-hmm. Vacated car- targets aren't really, truly a thing. So it's not a matter of like, you know, he's Junior's getting Chris Conley's targets or uh, whoever the hell was right. actually there last Good year. Good players no. earn targets. Exactly. But but you're right. They do have to come from somewhere. They, yeah, he can't I mean, just have his own isolated amount of right. targets. We're not, we're not expecting Mahomes to throw an extra 100 passes a year to, to right. get to Juju or 50 more to for whatever to make up for Sammy's and Byron Pringle's passes, you know, like, so it's like some, someone has to be affected if he's going to be a fantasy relevant player. Yeah. And realistically, I could see both uh, Kelsey and Hill being affected by Mm -hmm. that. I mean, Tyreek Hill is also as a speedster, he's now getting up to that Deshaun Watt or excuse me, Deshaun Jackson level of age where like eventually some of that's going to start to taper off anyways Mm -hmm. and again now he's competing with this guy who's really good i do think that mahomes could throw more this year though i don't think there's any reason that if you bring in a guy like that and you know the talent yeah they could shift it even a little bit more past they could but not but the thresholds yeah yeah. 20 25 extra passes absolutely beyond that who knows right okay so Say you're along those lines that Kelsey is going to be the one that is most affected. Where does he, where would Kelsey fall then as far as your tight ends in redraft? I was a guy hyping him up as I will take him in the first round last year. And I did that. I mean, I did it in our uh, home league. In fact. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to a certain extent, sure, it was, it was fine. No chance I would take him in the first two rounds this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, to be fair, I'm probably just punting on tight end again. That's probably going to be my strategy. So you know, if he's there in the third round, then sure, I'm comfortable with him, but I'm not as excited even in the right. third round. So eh, I'm kind of out on Travis Kelsey at what his likely price will be. Right. OK, fair enough. All right. I see we've we've hit an hour here, so let's kind of speed up this here. Not that we have a ton more to talk about. Um, There's really uh, this next wide receiver I want to talk about Um. because I think it's an interesting move. And that's uh, James Washington uh, goes to Dallas which I think it's interesting because they just got rid of Amari Cooper. Uh, James Washington did flash some some plays. Granny's playing with Ben Roethlisberger and whatever, uh, and they kept drafting wide receivers that came in and were obviously better because they got more playing time with Claypool, Juju, Deontay, etc. But I remember when uh, 
James Washington was getting drafted that he was very highly thought of in that draft class. And so it's just interesting that he would go to another high powered offense. Uh, Michael Gallup is still recovering from that ACL and I know they signed him to a big contract, so he's going to play. But I think it's an interesting move and he could have some decent fantasy value, more of like a flex play uh, for you this upcoming season. But um, I think it's an interesting move for him. I think I think there's more there than what people would initially think. I don't know. It's just my gut feeling. I I feel like there's something more there. They did utilize their third receiver quite a bit. Whoever that ended up being last year in spurts, it was Cedric Wilson. And then uh, due to injuries, there was other guys that even stepped up. And for those games where they had to, the third wide receiving option still did get some targets. Mm -hmm. So from that perspective, I could say it's the best landing spot for James Washington. But how much I'm willing to put stake into a guy who's never had a thousand yards, let alone like 800 yards. Well, I'm not saying he's going to get drafted in like the sixth round or something like that. He's going to be a late round target, but I think there's more upside than people think with him. I, I yeah. really do. I'm, I'm fine with that last, you know, round dart throw kind of guy. Mm-hmm. You could do a lot worse than James Washington. Yep. All right. And then last wide receiver here, Jamison Crowder to Buffalo. Eh, it's they're replacing Cole Beasley. That's all that is. And or Emmanuel Sanders in yeah. some capacity, some yeah. combination there. It's I mean, he'll he'll get targets. He'll be he'll be fantasy relevant most weeks. Um, but does this uh, temper your Gabe Davis uh, thoughts at all for high fantasy value? Or is it just kind of eh? if if Jamison Crowder tempers your Gabe Davis enthusiasm, you are never a Gabe Davis enthusiast to begin with. This is the type of signing that should give more comfort, I would expect, to Gabe Davis people, who I'm not one of, by the way. Um, I, I'm, I'm, there's nothing wrong with him. But I don't think that this should move the needle too much for people. Right. And I'd be a little bit concerned if it did, honestly. Jamison okay. Crowder's fine. He's a fine yeah. enough receiver. No issues there. I just can't imagine this being like a deal breaker. Right. Okay. Fair enough. And then let's uh, plow through these tight ends real quickly here. We've got plow through those list. tight ends, Dustin. So sticking with Buffalo, OJ Howard signs with Buffalo. Uh, Dawson Knox season over, or is it just like a depth signing? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Dawson Knox. <laughs> Here's a guy that I actually was starting to drum up some enthusiasm for because of what we saw last year. Mm-hmm. I know we've talked about it before. He's now kind of touchdown or bust. Right. And it was already a little bit scary way to live yep, yep. with him. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm much more tempered than I would have been um, yeah. had they not signed him. So I'm right there with you. Um, Austin Hooper, we already talked about, went to Tennessee. Eh, it's it's fine. He'll get some. But I I mean, he's going to be a tight end, too, probably. Uh, just again, low volume offense. Yeah, exactly. You can use them as a bye week fill in or injury fill in if you need it for a couple weeks, but that's about it. Uh, Gerald Everett uh, signed with the Chargers, which I think is interesting um, just for that. Again, high powered offense. Uh, we saw what they did with Jared Cook and, and Pardum over there. Uh, and I think Gerald Everett's underrated, and I think he could be a, a sneaky uh, signing there for the Chargers. This is the best tight end free agency move out there. This is it. I was hoping that Hooper would go to the Chargers, by the way. That's the thing that mm-hmm. I thought would redeem his value. This is exciting. Gerald Everett, he's just not a name that people are comfortable with, you know, because there's been so much turmoil in the depth chart of where he's getting targets and not. Uh, and so he goes to a place that, sorry, he's clearly better than Donald Parham. 
no uh, offense to Donald Parham, mm -hmm. but this is the ideal landing spot for Everett. So here's a guy I would finally take as like, if he falls into the 10th round in your rookie draft, or excuse me, in your redraft leagues, go with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And then lastly here, um, Big Bob Tanyan re-signed with the Packers. I think it was a one-year deal, uh, yeah. basically approve it after the injury. Uh, which I like for us at the Packers because uh, we saw what he did a couple years ago. Do I think he's going to reach those heights? Probably not. But without Devante there, who knows? It, they could rely on him a lot more. Uh, there could be a lot of two tight end sets um, with their other young tight ends they have there. So Josiah uh, DeGuara. Yeah. So I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. I think it's a good, you know, come back and prove it deal, uh, which, which is good for the Packers. Honestly. I wouldn't be shocked if, as it stands now, Big Bob became the top target in the offense for Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. So call me a homer, and I'm fine with it. But if you can get Tunyon for scraps right now in your dynasty leagues, that's a move I'm making 10 times out of 10. If I can get him for a third-round pick, oh, you better believe I'm doing that, especially mm -hmm. if there's any sort of tight end premium, because I think there's a real chance that we see him be at least a top two target there. Right, right. I agree. I agree. Uh, that was it for the list, Jake. Any other free agents or anything you want to touch on here that wasn't on our uh, show sheet this evening? No, I mean, there's there's still going to be news that's pouring out here over the next week, two weeks, five weeks. Here's where we hit the slowdown, probably on a lot of this news. If we get anything over the next couple of weeks, we'll talk about it on the podcast. But right now, this is an opportunity for Dynasty uh, traders to maybe make some moves based on the pending uh, guys who haven't gotten moved yet, Baker Mayfield mm -hmm. is the guy that we were talking about. Uh, Trey Lance, if people are worried about Jimmy Garoppolo, still lingering there. This is the time where you can exploit some value. So uh, take, a, take a peek at mm -hmm. who the pending guys are. Take a peek at the potential landing spots and the depth charts and go make some trades. That's right. Good to set it better myself. So on behalf of the podcast here, um, go out, give us a rate and review wherever you find your podcast. Uh, we do appreciate it. Helps everyone find us more. If you want to see our beautiful faces and join us when we're uh, streaming live every week, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, hit the bell. It'll alert you when we go live, which is typically 630 Central Time every single Tuesday evening. And with that, on behalf of Jake Trowbridge, at Jake Trowbridge on Twitter, on behalf of myself, at FF Dusty Dog, hit us up on our Twitter podcast handle, at Drinking Fantasy. Give us your drunk trades. We want them. We love them. Give them. Hit us up with any question you have. Maybe if we get enough of them, we'll do a mailbag show here coming up. Hit us up. Any questions you want, we're here for you. We've got what you need. Dynasty, redraft. I guess we could do IDP. That's not really our forte, but we could do it. Best ball. Come on, best man. Ball. Don't leave yeah. us out of the lurch here. This is the perfect time of the offseason to get involved in some best ball leagues. That's right. That's right. We are here for any of your fantasy football needs. So hit us up. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Yeah.